former RBI governor and noted economist Raghuram Rajan has once again provoked a very interesting debate. And the debate is over his apprehension that India may be getting, and I quote him, India may be getting dangerously close to the Hindu rate of growth. Now, what is the Hindu rate of growth? Once again, I know, I know that by this time, a lot of you have been googling the Hindu rate of growth and every media organization and every website has been explaining what is the Hindu rate of growth. But just for, just for the record, it was Professor Raj Krishna who was in Delhi School of Economics post the emergency. He said that India was caught in a Hindu rate of growth trap and he saw the Hindu, Hindu rate of growth as 3.5% growth rate which he thought India averaged as it muddled along through many crises. Generally, generally between the 1956-1976, two decades. Mind you, by the time he used that expression, India had broken out of the Hindu rate of growth. India was by now, by early 80s, averaging about 5.5% growth. Nevertheless, that description is stuck. And when Raghuram Rajan says India may be getting dangerously close to the Hindu rate of growth, then one, a lot of the people get worried. A lot of the people get angry, which is a lot more people than the previous lot because there is a lot more people supporting Mr. Modi than not supporting Mr. Modi. So they get angry that, you know, look at Raghuram Rajan, what's he talking about? What does the data say? So that's the important thing. What does the data say? So we look at the data. Before that, we should also see the reasons Raghuram Rajan is saying this. One reason is just simple, immediate data. The data is immediate, data, data is medium term. Data is long term. So immediate data is last quarter's growth rate has now come to 4.4%. Next quarter's estimate is 4.2%. So anything below 5% takes us dangerously close to that, that Hindu rate of growth category. Now 4.4%, 4.2% will finish this year still at 7% or so because we had a very good first quarter at 13 plus percent. So that is not an issue. However, general expectation is that going ahead, growth rates will be lower than 7%. That next decade's growth rate average may be lower than the previous decade's growth rate. That's also, also because once your base goes up, a country's basic economy goes up, then there are absolutes and there are percentages as we keep saying all the time. As the absolutes go up, percentages usually become less pronounced. Nevertheless, what are the three reasons? The three reasons that he's saying that India maybe India India maybe needs to worry about its growth rates. One, in spite of everything, the private sector investment has not picked up in India. That data is available. Number two, interest rates are high. That to control inflation, RBI has had to take interest rates quite high by India standards. Don't look at Pakistan. Don't look at Turkey. Don't look at any of those countries. Those countries those are broken economies. But for India, it's high. It's tough for companies now, businesses now to borrow money and make enough profits to justify those borrowings. Also, the banks are not yet lending so much to private sector simply because private sector is a little bit punch drunk or tired or cautious. Number two, so number one, private sector investment is not taking place. Number two, interest rates are high. And number three, there is a slowdown in global growth. So when there is a slowdown in global growth, we are in a globalized economy. Our exports suffer. Lots of other things happen. Remittances can come down. Jobs for Indians overseas can come down. So all of those consequences visit us. So these are 
these are the circumstances that have created a crisis. So as a debate has broken out in, in mainstream media, you've seen many TV discussions on this and on social media on whether he is right or wrong because you know a large number of people in India think that India's economy has never done better after all Mr. Modi is in charge, right? So there is a lot of other stuff floating. So one of those things floating on WhatsApp and I will never quote anything to you uh, that floats on WhatsApp except by way of a joke unless I have checked it out because this is also floating from, from somebody who seems well informed. And that, that, that one said that in the past 26 years, now you will ask me why 26 years, why not 25, 30 or 40 or 50, I shall give you a guess. Last 26 years, that is 103 quarters until now. In 103 quarters, only on 23 occasions, 23 out of 103, that India's economy in a quarter has grown at less than 5%, at less than 5%. Of those 23 occasions, 10 have actually come in the last four years. And the fourth will also come now if the, if the projection of 4.4% or 4.2% for the next quarter comes true. So that will be the 11th. So that will be 11th in 104 or 11th out of 24 occasions when the economy grew in a quarter at less than 5%. So 10 of the 23 or 11 of the 24 would have come in the past five years. That is under Mr. Modi's rule. That's one. Second, second, again, if 10 have come now out of 23, when did the remaining 13 came? Of the remaining 13 also, another seven came between 2000 and 2003. That's 17, which means between 1998, 1998, remember the year, between 1998 and 2023, first quarter, in this entire period, 10 of these sub-5% growth quarters came under Mr. Modi, 7 came under Mr. Vajpayee, right? So 10 plus 7, 17, only 6 came under the watch of others, which obviously is the UPA. Most of these six, you would not, uh, notice, came in the second half of the UPA. That's when the economy went out of control with the UPA. Although 2008 was also a bad year, that was the year of the global financial crisis, after which growth picked up. So six came in under the UPA, the rest have come under NDA government. So answer to the first question, why did somebody, whoever circulated this start 26 years back? Because that is when the Bajpayee government took over. That's when the NDA or the BJP took over. So obviously this is being circulated by, by the side which is critical or which, uh, which is critical of the BJP or which does not like the BJP. The fact however is that I've checked out this quarterly data with the help of our economics editor TCA Sharad Raghavan and, and this data is correct. In the past 26 years out of 103 quarters on 23 occasions India has had a sub 5% quarterly growth of which 10 have been in the last four years under Mr. Modi. Of course, remember there was a pandemic break also in that period, pandemic crisis also in that period, and seven under Mr. Vajpayee's government. That said, that said, what is the larger picture that we are getting from this? Now, you can always say, you can always argue that growth was more in so-and-so's period, growth was less in so-and-so's period. So I'm not an economist. I'm not an economist, in, if anything, I'm afraid of math, deadly scared of math. And 
and I struggle with data. I struggle with data unless I can see some lines in the data that show me other wisdom or that draw other conclusions for me. So if you ask me to go back and say why did, why did growth go down under so and so, why did growth go up under so and so, what were the reasons, right, what was the monetary policy, what was the inflation, don't ask me, I will not be able to do that, I don't have the domain knowledge and for me even to, even to figure that out while preparing for a CTC would be challenging, economics is not my domain. But Politics, to the extent that can be anybody's domain, everybody goes wrong with politics, but still it's not as it's not as challenging, at least for me, as economics. Because politics, you have other data, you have results with politics, right? And, and politicians are constantly being assessed and constant, constantly being tested, and politics is being seen, the outcomes are being seen all the time in elections. So when data points to politics, then I get very interested. So as I was researching this, I discovered this chart from the World Bank websites because I was trying to figure out when did India's growth go down, when did it go up. So I found this chart from the World Bank website that you will see on your screens also. And as I talk about this chart, in fact, this is a chart of India's growth. This is a chart of India's growth rates going back to 1960. If you go back to 1960, that is more than 60 years, this chart actually tells you not just the story of India's growth or the Hindu rate of growth or not quite the Hindu rate of growth, but this tells you the story of India's politics. So see this chart. If you see this chart on your screens, don't see it here, see it on your screens, you will see a thick line in the middle. That thick line is this line of zero. Anything below that line tells you that that year the economy grew at a negative rate, which means there was an economic degrowth in 63 years since 1960. In 63 years since 1960, India has had only five years, only five years of negative growth. And I will now tell you what those years are and you will guess the political outcomes, but I shall also tell you the political outcomes. At least that will be my theory and figures will then confirm that theory. So the first year in these 63 years, the first year of negative growth is 1965. 1965 is a war year, right? That's when India and Pakistan fight a war, a major war. Before that, there is the Kutch conflict. Before that, there is the other political crisis, Nehru dies in 1964, etc., etc. So India gets its first year of negative growth, 2.6% negative, in 1965 was very hurtful. That was also a time when India was short of food. We were all standing in ration queues. Even as children, we were made to stand in ration queues. So by the time the term, I term would come, our mom would come, uh, free herself from housework and pay and pick up her ration for the week. Right? It was a big crisis-ridden time. 65 minus 2.6%. 1966. You are continuing on the negative trajectory. You made some improvement, but still negative, very little negative, 0.1%. But remember, for a very poor country, which is still getting about 4% average growth, Nehru's times, actually contrary to what people say, had about 4.5% growth from 1950 to 1964. But also at his time, population was growing very fast because population was growing very fast. So per capita, incomes were not growing. So poverty was not getting reduced. It's only later when India's population planning program, family planning program really pick, 
went up when other social indicators went up more indians became literate etc etc and india's population growth came down that per capita incomes started rising but let's not digress let's keep with politics 1965 first negative year of the decade or first negative year of the 63 years 1966 still negative for a very poor country to have no growth negative growth was very hurtful so people were very angry by the time the elections took place in 1967 now since i boasted to you that i can look at this look at this graph of india's economic growth year on year and i can look at this and explain india's politics to you let me start with a question when do you think was the first time that the congress party looked vulnerable in india beatable in india and actually lost quite a bit it ended up in parliament below 300 it lost many of the states to some new coalitions called sayukt vidhayak dal and others charan singh rose in uttar pradesh when did that happen that happened in 1967 mrs gandhi's first election now look at this chart and you will see what happened before that so two of the five years in these 63 years when india's economy compressed when india got negative growth were leading up to 1967 elections 1965 that was the year of the war the, the war with pakistan when degrowth was more than 2% you can see the figures there and then the following year again degrowth was very little it was marginal 0.1% but the fact is it was still degrowth and when you were such a poor uh, country then degrowth and negative growth in the economy a stall in the econo economy really hurt and it really hurt the poor and that is that is what was the first setback for congress party in india then you see the next few years next next few years growth picks up as the graphic would tell you that's because green revolution had now kicked in it had started under lal bahadur shastri the process had started by now fruits were visible india also had a couple of years of good monsoons india's uh, india's economy then was very agriculture centric by 1971 india was doing fine and mrs gandhi was winning she won a famous election in 1971 but 1972 things began to change why because one it was a post war economy even when you win a war it costs a lot of money so you have you have trouble in the year for years following a war and then the next year so 1972 again became a year of negative growth and again the next year that is 1973 it might have changed a little bit but just a minor wee bit of growth because that's when that's when yom kippur war happened and oil price shock came in and then you can see that led to social crisis protests leading mrs gandhi to impose the emergency and then then when she lost power after the emergency by that time she had begun to rethink she had begun to rethink her economy and i have recorded this in an article i wrote a national interest article headlined the iron ladies rethink i will share that article with you you can read that but it was too late because the emergency had caused very bad buzz in the country janta party came in and within 2 years janta party lost power once again see how did it happen we know janta party had a lot of infighting mrs gandhi called them khichdi and all that but see what happened in 1979 that was the fourth year india's economy shrank and uh, until now until this point this was the steepest decline 5.2% india's economy declined by and sure enough next year mrs gandhi swept back to power so what other evidence do you need 
of the fact that the state of the economy, economic growth determines your political fortunes. It did not even spare Mrs. Gandhi. However, there are exceptions going ahead or there is one exception, but we'll come to that towards the end of this episode. So Mrs. Gandhi's second reign, you can see that she's making some internal reforms. And again, that's been recorded in that article, that's been reported in that article, uh, Iron Lady's Rethink. And India's economy now resets itself sort of in the 5% level. So 5% becomes the ballpark now. So what was Hindu rate of growth at 3.5% between 1956 and 76 now comes to about 5%. You can call it the fortified Hindu rate of growth or you can maybe call it the secular rate of growth. So that is where we get set and that is one of the reasons that the Congress party keeps going until by the end of 1989 while the growth is there but Rajiv Gandhi's profligacy, Rajiv Gandhi's over import of so many things creates a current account deficit, also creates high inflation and he loses power. We know that he made many other mistakes that led to his loss of power but his mismanagement of the economy or the excesses of his management of the economy in the last couple of years also greatly contributed to that. And once again, if you can see what's happening to India's growth in 89-90, you can see it's really fallen very steeply. It has not gone into the negative territory, but once you got used to 5%, 5.5% or thereabouts, if you then fall to about 3%, it does hurt. So there is always an economic link to your political fortunes in India. However, there, there is one exception and I will come to that. Then see what happens in Vajpayee era. And then you will see how political mistakes can be made. If you look at the Vajpayee era, remember we said that of the 23 occasions, the last 26 years, when a quarter had sub 5% growth, 10 have been in the last four years and seven were under the Vajpayee era. Those seven have to be counted. Quarter 1 of 1998, financial year 4.6%, quarter 2, 3.5%, quarter 3, 4.8%, quarter 4, 3.3%, first quarter 2001, financial year 1.1%, then second quarter 3.8%, third quarter 4.4%, then 3.8%, 3.1%, 2%, so on and so forth. If you look at all this, then you suddenly see, if you look at all this, you can see that India is growing under Mr. Vajpayee at just around 4%. In fact, a little bit below 4% and suddenly then some change comes. And that change comes in the last two quarters of financial year 2003. In those last two quarters, India's economic growth really picks up. Not for no reason. That's because sizable reform has been carried out, particularly under Yashwan Sinha, Jaswan Singh, also disinvestment under Arun Shori, the mood has picked up, Indian industry is investing, Indian private sector is investing, the world is discovering India, nuclear sanctions have been lifted, there is peace with Pakistan after two warlike situations, that is, that is Kargil and Op Parakram. So all of those good things happen for two quarters. It's because of those two good quarters that India's growth now picks up and picks up to about 7.9%, right? So suddenly, Mr. Advani, Pramod Mahajan, all of them see, oh, 7.9%. Our economy is really picked up. We must advance the polls now and ask for the vote because voters must be feeling really happy. And that's when they declare India shining and promptly lose. 
because you may look at the results of last two quarters, but voters have been looking at what's happened over the last 10 quarters or 12 quarters. And that is the reason, that's one of the reasons why the NDA lost power. Now, UPA did not win power because they did not win that many votes, that many seats. But the fact is that the NDA fell way short of the minimum they needed, which, is, which was about 170, 175 seats to form a government in alliance with those parties who might have been willing to form a government with them. So once again, you can see how miscalculation can be made by really consummate politicians by looking at selective data of a limited period. And similarly, you carry on and see now UPA comes in, UPA writes good growth in its first five years. Partly it's a result of the reforms that the NDA carried out in its last two years, particularly with Jaswan Singh and Yashwan Sinha and Arun Shori there. They carried out really remarkable reforms in that period. In fact, the privatization process also started then. So UPA 1 writes that. It doesn't mess with anything. It allows, for example, the privatization of Delhi and Mumbai airports to go through despite so many internal pressures there, particularly from the left. And it comes back to power with an even larger majority. So well has it done over five years that it can even take into stride the bad year of 2008, where growth goes down below 5%. In fact, it ends up barely above 3% because of the global financial crisis. But by the time the election takes place, a recovery has started. A recovery has started. And once again, you see what happens under UPA2. Again, the same chart tells you, although it does not tell you the full story. In UPA2, you will find after the first two years, the growth begins to struggle. It declines. People have already got used to high growth. Now to pump that growth, UPA government is asking the banks to lend, lend, lend. In the process, inflation goes up. Inflation goes up. Banks go into a crisis. And India has a perfect storm build up on its economy. High inflation, high interest rates, high fuel prices. High subsidies on fuel prices, that means even more inflation, even more government borrowing and struggling growth. And UPA loses power big time. Which brings us to the one exception to this rule that good growth gets people re-elected. Bad growth or poor growth gets people punished and gets them defeated. Now you see what's happened under Mr. Modi. Now you can very well argue that Mr. Modi is not to blame for the fifth year of negative growth in India's economic history since 1960 having taken place under his watch. That, that was the year of 2020-21. That is the year of the pandemic when the big lockdown was imposed and India had its fifth negative growth year and also the steepest, that is 6.6%. You can say he's not to blame. But the fact is that even before that, even before that, India's economic growth had slowed down. So the four quarters leading up to the pandemic, that financial year, that is FI20, that is what we need to look at. That is the year when India's growth has really declined. First quarter, 4.9%, 4.2%, 3.2%, 2.8%. 2 Overall, India's growth that year was 3.9%. That was close to the Hindu rate of growth. And yet, you know what happened? It was in that period that Mr. Modi got re-elected with a very large majority. And then even after this decline, this negative growth in, in the pandemic year, he's been winning elections, particularly look at the way he won in Uttar Pradesh. So that is the one exception that we have seen yet to this rule, where a leader 
has become popular in a certain way where economics has ceased to matter in terms of his electability. Now, that is not something that I'm telling you just now, and that is not something that I dreamt up just now looking at the data. That is, in fact, that is something that I had noted in one of my national interest columns some time back. And you can read that. I'm sharing a link with you. You will also see the first page of that column on your screen. So mostly the link between economic growth and politics works. It almost always works until you have a leader, until you have a leader who can buck this trend. And Mr. Modi has become that leader who is unique in India's history. Because this is something that even Mrs. Gandhi could not do. That is make her electoral fortunes completely immune from what's happening to the country's economic growth.